Blog Talk Radio. The following is a post time with Mike and Mike production. Beckham Z-Jam, down by the seaside. Beckham Z-Jam wins the Breeders' Crown. It's Rock and Ron, Mick Wicked on the inside. Mick Wicked to win the Jim York Memorial. Fear the Dragon fights on. Down by the seaside on the outside. Fear the Dragon, down by the seaside. Down by the seaside. And Brian Sears gets up to do it. Keystone Velocity getting closer. Mel Mara looking for the line. Keystone Velocity, Keystone Velocity Keystone Velocity and Dan Dubay to win the Potomac Pace. This guy's the Energizer Bunny as they head for the Royal Fire Guns. Here he comes, foiled again. He keeps going and going and going and going and going. You're tuned in to the official. Podcast of the Sport of Harness Racing, post time with Mike and Mike, with co hosts Mike Carter. And it's bus 936, and bus 936 on the wings of an angel. And Mike Bozich. Outside Heaven Rocks, but the clock's running out. Bella Buster Hanover wins the Commodore Ferry. Touch that dial. You've got another edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And uh, Mike, I'll tell you what, what another fantastic episode of Post Time with Mike and Mike we have. But I, I'll tell you what, I feel like I don't even know you anymore after the last week. I think uh, we, both, <laughs> well, we both have been so tied up uh, this week that uh, this is actually the first uh, first real conversation we're going to have. And it's going to be right on the air for everybody to for everybody to hear. But no, it's uh, you know your parents were in town, and uh, you know it's it's it, it's good to get away for a couple of days. You know, I mean, listen, we are the bestest of friends, and and uh, but you know what? Nonetheless, I mean, we still have a lot of business to take care of together. So you know, sometimes you just need a break away from from business a little bit. But I'll tell you what, we're going to get full bore into it today. Mike Carter, because we've got a great show, another big weekend of the sport of harness racing. Lazarus is headed up north to compete in the Canadian Pacing Derby, and we're going to talk to our good friend from Woodbine Mohawk Park, Mark McKelvey, about that big card they have coming up this weekend. And Yonkers, Mike, has a big card coming up this weekend, too. We'll talk a little bit uh, to Brian Sears about that. Plus, Mike, 10,000 wins uh, in the bank for one of the best drivers that has ever touched the reins in Brian Sears, and we're really thrilled to have him on the show here today. Yeah, we are. It's going to be a lot of fun to kind of talk to him and find out what win number 10,000 meant to him. Uh, his uh, cohort, so to speak, uh, Georgie Brennan, joined him in the winner's circle, and he actually did a really cool interview, uh, Mike, with Frank Drucker, uh, so it'll be interesting to hear about that as well. And we're also going to kick off Kind of, we're not going to call it a segment, but it's an eight-week kind of uh, little thing where we talk to the incoming Hall of Famers, and uh, I get the pleasure of working with one of those incoming in Mark Hall. 
Yeah, and uh, it's really an exciting thing. And you know, way back, I believe it was in April. In our post time with Mike and Mike newsletter, we kind of had a uh, a little bit of a write up on the photographers. And I'll tell you what, over the past couple of years, you know, photographers have taken a more active role in the sport of harness racing. I mean, people like Chris Gooden um, and people like uh, Nicole Marie and uh, and Ryan Thompson from Hawthorne and a lot of different a uh, lot of different photographers you know capturing money shots flying drones just doing all kinds of uh you know doing all kinds of things um as far as taking photography and harness racing up to a new level and mark hall has certainly done that for a long long time how many money shots mike do you think that mark hall has had throughout his career just so many um more more than one that's for sure. Absolutely, um, yeah, no question about he, it. He, he's probably had uh, a tons of them, and we're going to talk to Mark Hall a little bit. But one question I'm going to ask him, I already know the answer to, but wait till you hear this answer from Mark, because one thing about Mark, uh, he's very modest um, about the work that he's done, and you know uh, he, he's taken some fantastic photographs. But uh, we'll ask him what he feels the best photo he's ever taken, and I think you'll be surprised by the answer. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, that's got to be a tough thing to decide. I mean, all the great shots, all the great photographs that he's had throughout the years. And, uh, you know, to to boil all that down to one is unreal. But I can't wait to hear the answer to that question. Mike, before we get and we've got Brian Sears coming up here in just a few minutes. But, Mike, before we get to Brian, there was breaking news yesterday. Uh And uh, I know you caught this, but – how about the new debuting $1 million race for freshman trotters coming up oh, yeah. at the Red Mile in 2019? Unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, it is unbelievable. And, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things uh, we've talked about it a lot here at the office uh, over the last day or so. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. That's for sure. It is very, very interesting. And I'm excited to see uh, where where it goes. Yeah. And uh, from the USA, this is from Moira Fanning from the Hamiltonian Society. In case you guys haven't uh, caught this, a formal announcement outlining the parameters of the event will be made on Sunday, September 16th. When the Red Mile hosted $250,000 Kentucky Sire Stakes Finals, the finale of the $4.5 million program on Fayette County Fair Day. Other partners include the Bluegrass Sports Commission, uh, Cornet Agency, and the inaugural Lexington Selected Mixed Sale slated for October 7th, which has dedicated net proceeds from the sale to promotion and marketing of the new event. And of course, this was something that was spurred along by John Campbell, the Hamiltonian Society. And I'll tell you what. We knew, we just knew that we got the right guy in a position uh, of weight in this industry when John Campbell was named to that post. Oh, for sure, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, you know, we got the right guy. And, you know, John has done some fantastic things. He's attacked the controversial things. And, right. and I think that's some of what this sport kind of needed was somebody in that position to, you know, jump in and say, you know what? We need to talk about this stuff. We can't just let it keep doing what it's doing. Well, he understands the uniformity of rules throughout 
the uh, sport. Something right now that we don't have. You know, right. um, I completely agree. I mean, we, we don't have I mean, uniformity in whipping rules, uniformity in, uh, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to call them enhances, whatever you want to call them. Uh, you know, th- this kind of drug, that kind of drug. What can you give your drug? What can you give your horse? You could give your horse so much of this here, but you can't give your horse this much of it here, but you can give so much of it here. I mean, it's just it's it's ridiculous, to be quite honest. So you've got somebody in the likes of John Campbell that understands that we need uniform rules throughout the sport of harness racing. And I think that's where it starts. Once we have uniform rules, once we have guidelines for every state, every harness track, then I think we can begin to enforce these rules and regulations a bit more effectively. Yeah, I completely agree with that statement. I think, you know, it's going to be, you know, the uniform rules is, you know, something that we could attack, but I, you know, in working with the USTA, um, I've learned reasons why that it's not the way it is. And in the coming months, uh, I think uh, everybody will really understand why it's not like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could tell you just from a, uh, you know, somebody that really kind of knows the inner workings, but don't really know the inner workings. I could tell you one of the reasons is the state commissions. You know, right. I mean, state commissions, you know, you've got and, and I and I hate to say it, but in a lot of times, you know, when you've got state commissions and you've got politicians and you've got bureaucrats involved, there's going to be a lot of red tape in what you can do and what you can oh, yeah. do. And and John Campbell, you know, realizes this and he's taking the bull by the horns and he's trying to eliminate some of this red tape. So, you know what? We as an industry can more effectively regulate ourselves. Yeah, I completely that I completely agree with. You can sort of regulate yourself, but you have to be able to follow some sort of uniform rules guideline. Right. And I think that's where things kind of shake up a little bit. Bingo, bingo, bingo. Well, listen, we just solved the problem of harness racing in, in, in two minutes. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> well, listen, we're going to get the ball rolling. Great show coming up, as we say. Brian Sears is coming up. We're also going to talk to Mark McKelvey. Like I said, they've got a big weekend. How about Lazarus? Are you set for Lazarus round two? Mike, I am ready for I am ready for it. After listen, after watching the uh, you know after watching him go around the racetrack the first time, I am yeah. super excited to see this this time. Yeah, yeah. So we can't wait. That's the Canadian Pacing Derby. We'll talk to Mark McKelvey about that. Of course, we'll talk to Brian Sears about win number ten thousand plus. He has some very uh, interesting drives coming up this weekend on the Stakes Late and Saturday program at Yonkers. Plus, we're going to talk, as we mentioned, to Mark Hall and much, much more. We'll get this thing started with Brian Sears next on Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's that easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Harness Horse Youth Foundation has the power to bring a life-changing experience to any child. We introduce youth to the horses and skills that build confidence, friendships, and a lifelong love of harness racing. 
the Harness Horse Youth Foundation has been a positive influence in the lives of thousands of young people since 1976. Check out the complete list of Harness Horse Youth Foundation camps and activities at hhyf.org. That's hhyf.org. New Vocations Resource Adoption Program. Retrain, rehab, rehome. New Vocations focuses on adoption as the optimal solution for the large numbers of horses that leave the track each year. The program provides rehabilitation and transitional training to prepare the horses for a productive life beyond racing. Each horse is evaluated for temperament, soundness, and suitability to help ensure a successful adoptive match. New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program, celebrating 25 years and over 6,000 horses placed. Learn more at newvocations.org. Mike Bozich here along with Mike Carter for Pacing for the Cure. Do you or someone you love with multiple sclerosis have a difficult time paying for your MS medications or need medical equipment such as a wheelchair or scooter? Pacing for the Cure can help. Please visit the pacingforthecure.org website and complete the mobility aid application. If eligible, you may receive funding. Again, that's pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Are you a harness racing trainer, driver, or owner? Please join the list of those who pledged in 2017 for the $1 per win challenge. The 2018 challenge has begun and wins tally from January 1st to October 31st. If you are interested in joining the challenge, please email jeff at pacingforthecure.org. Thank you, drivers, trainers, and owners. Once again, that's pacingforthecure.org. back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich and the dancing Wendy Ross. And uh, my, my <laughs> you got Mike laughing on the other end. Mike, the things that uh, happened in the USDA studios, uh, you should be here, man. I'm telling you. That sounds like a good time. But you know what, listen, you got to have fun while you're working, no question about it. And speaking of somebody, I think, that has a lot of fun winning races, he's done it 10,000 times, many more to come, is our guy who's joining us right now on the program. Of course, we're talking about driver Brian Sears. Brian, welcome to the program, my friend. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me. All right, well, 10,000 wins in the books. We know there are many more to come. You know, every time that we have a driver on this program and we ask him about a milestone, you know, some, I think some drivers, some trainers, whoever reaches the milestone, they look at it differently. I mean, some, you know, hey, it's a, it's a big notch in the belt in your career. Others, you know, hey, it's business as usual. You know, win number 10,001 or 10,002 is just as important as win number 10,000. How do you see it? Was that a, a pretty big milestone? And did it mean a lot to you personally? Yeah, I, I think it, I think it did. Um, it, it, when I like that, that, I think as many many races as people win anymore, you almost you almost have to get, count them by by five thousand at a time because you know so many people are you know rip, rip through so many wins a year. But um, to reach ten thousand, it, it was pretty significant, and uh, I did do some reflection uh, when I when I reached that. 
Now, Brian, obviously uh, 10,000 wins is a very big number, but was there any pressure to get to 10,000? And also, uh, mm-hmm. was it nice to finally get the monkey off your back? No, no pressure at all, really. I, I just kind of enjoyed it, enjoyed the whole thing. And, uh, you know, some people are mentioning it and stuff like that. And I said, what, what, are, you, what are you talking about or something, you know, just, just kidding me. But, no, there's no pressure, <laughs> and I really did enjoy it. <laughs> You know, Brian, back in uh, 2005, you won your uh, first Meadowlands pace with Rock and Roll Hanover, and then, you know, the big victories kind of piled up after that. I mean, your Hambletonian win with Muscle Hill. Is there one win uh, out of those 10,000 that really stands out to you more than more than any other of the other ones? You know, there's, there's a few wins that are really good or are special nights and stuff like that, but um, they're kind of uh, – not one significantly more, you know, probably to win the Hamilton or to win the Melanie's pace that you needed that, you need that big victory, the big horse, you know, more or less you needed a big horse to put yourself out there to uh, get the, get the better drives in the, in the, uh, you know, the big, the major races. Now, Brian, uh, obviously you've driven on all sorts of racetracks in, uh, between here and Canada. It w- is there a different kind of strategy when you drive on the different size racetracks, or is it kind of just kind of get out there and kind of see how the race flow sets up? Um, there's always a little bit of strategy, but uh, then there's, you know, you can't control it once you go behind the gate, what other people are going to do. So you have to just kind of evaluate the situation as it goes along. But, um, you know, Lexington's a certain type of track where it's less biased on the front end, and um, there's certain certain tracks that are that are more front end. And now that there's no passing lane at Yonkers, that kind of changes the complexion of races and where you want to be. But, um, you know, you have to drive each track. You have to drive each track. You know, pretty much. Um, you know, the way the, the way it the way it is, each track has plays a certain way. That's for sure. Visiting with Brian Sears, uh, just got his 10,000th win. Brian, we're going to talk to you about a couple of your drives that you have on the big stakes card coming up on Saturday at Yonkers. But first, I did want to ask you a little bit uh, about uh, you had the interview with Frank Drucker, and you you said something towards the end of that interview that kind of struck me a little bit, and you were talking about how the game has changed, how there's a lot more aggression when it comes to strategy out on the racetrack where it's tougher to get, you know, breathers uh, in, you know, the second or third quarter because there's just so much speed nowadays and so much aggressiveness. Do you think that's mainly how the game has changed? Or do you think there's any other ways, like when you, you know, we're starting out that the game has changed, you know, the, where you are now, where you can see from that vantage point now with some years mm-hmm. under your belt? Yeah, I think, um, you, you know the the breed has gotten the breed has gotten so good because of uh, you know just the, just refining the breed and the horses carry carry their uh, their their high speed such a long way and they they come you know you know as soon as you as soon as you get a, a buy yearling at the at the sale you know it doesn't take much to uh, you know learn how to put a pair of shoes on instead of hobbles on naturally gated so um, I think that's the biggest difference, and um, and like I said, they they carry their speed a long way. You, you set the bit in their mouth for an eighth of a mile, and they're pretty much good to go the rest of the way at, at almost top end. Now, Brian, uh, obviously you've won all sorts of races and uh, thing, done different things throughout your career. Is there anything specifically that uh, anything else you'd like to do, uh, you know, before you know you retire or anything of that sort? Mm. You know, it, it's I, I have a mare at Blue Chip, and um, she was she was a pretty nice mare for me and my father, and we we raise a, a 
a full out of every year. And it, it's definitely um, a big difference when you own it and uh, train it and, um, you know, take part in it that way. It's, it's a, it's kind of a little more fulfilling. And uh, so to own a horse that to, uh, to win, a, to win some good ra- some, some nice races again, that, that, that's always, that's always fun. I would love to do that again. <laughs> Once again, visiting with Brian Sears. Brian, let's do a little bit of a pivot. You've got the, as you know, there's no rest for the wicked. And uh, you've got uh, some big races coming up at Yonkers on Saturday. It includes the uh, the $500,000 messenger where you had to be thrilled when you saw the, the post draw and how that thing set up. We'll talk about that in just a minute. But just a couple of others on the stakes program uh, in the uh, Hudson Trot final for three-year-old Phillies. You're going to be driving a horse named Windback Noel. Is there anything you could tell us about her? You know, I I, I don't have have the program in front of me, but, but um, I, I really can't tell you that much about her. I don't think. Let's well, I'll tell you what. Let's talk a little bit about the messenger. Let's talk about Springsteen. You drew post position number one with this horse, and Jimmy Freight, who is uh, who is definitely going to be a favorite. I, I think inside of post five or better now draws post eight and that really has to throw uh, a big wrinkle into his plans but you got to be loving life from the rail draw with springsteen yeah i'm I was, you know sometimes you, you'd rather pick where other horses draw than have to wait and then have to pick where you draw but um the way that shook out i i kind of like it looks like there's going to be some some pretty good action and um that's that's what i need you know, I mean, they should heat it up in there. You know, as long as they pace a couple quarters, and uh, you know, it looks like they could race every quarter in there. My horse has got a good, uh, a really good, good high speed uh, brush to him, and um, I could put him right, right in play. You know, we had Cammy Houghton on the show earlier this year, and he certainly made some waves about uh, the passing lane. He broke that right on our show that Yonkers was going to do away with the passing lane, and now it's been a while. You know, as uh, we're pretty much mostly through the summer period now, heading into the fall and uh, pretty soon the winter. But uh, how have the drivers adjusted, and in, in how is what's your opinion so far on the you know the six months or so without the passing lane at Yonkers? Um, I. I... You know, I've gotten used to it. I kind of like it without it because it, you have to be a little even more aggressive. And um, and uh, you know, there's there's spots that aren't that you don't want to be in if you really get, have a shot. And uh, one of them's a two hole, which you know that never was the case when you had the passing lane. So um, if you if you have a really good horse, and uh, you know, if you're if you're 15 or you know, just say you're not one one first or co favorite. The two hole might be all right if you're five or six to one. You know, if you get out, you get out. Some a lot of times you might not need to get out, but uh, if you want to get a chance to race your horse and, and you're one of the favorites, uh, two hole is really not the place to be. Good stuff, our man Brian says. Oh, Brian, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, my friend. Ten thousand in the books, and uh, you know what? Listen, you'll beat eleven, twelve, thirteen thousand before you know it. <laughs> yeah, thanks for having me, guys. All right, thanks, Brian. We'll keep uh, keep going. All right, have a good day. All right, that was driver Brian Sears, 10,000 wins and counting. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when he saw that post draw for the messenger, and we've, you know, we've talked about Jimmy Freight, Mike, plenty of times on the show. But uh, you know what? Post-date at Yonkers is post-date at Yonkers. And that's, you know, <laughs> a, a number that you never want to see to the left of your horse. I don't care wh- how good the horse is. But uh, a number that you do want to see on the left of your horse when you're talking post-draw to Yonkers is post-position number one. And that's where Brian Sears lands with Springsteen and the Messenger coming up on Saturday. Yeah, but I think Louis Wise, Calm, Cool, and Collected, 
Um, and I think that uh, that Jimmy Freight likes a half mile track so much that he has a really big chance to really do something special, even from post eight. I know I'm probably going to take a little bit of crap for that, but that's okay. Um, I, but I, I think that uh, Jimmy Freight is going to give them all they can handle come Saturday night. But what a great interview with uh, Brian Sears. Um, you know, he talked about some things during that interview that, you know, as a driver, you always, or as a fan, you wonder what the drivers think going to each racetrack, um, you know, five eighths mile a half, even from five eighths to five eighths. I wonder, you know, is there a different kind of strategy between say Pocono and Harris, Philadelphia? I'm going to tell you what, if I get this wall of sleep horse one more time in catch driver, I'm just oh, going to quit the catch game. Driver. I'm going to quit catch driver. Catch How many driver. times do I – you know, where's Ryan Clements when you need him? How many times do I have to draw the, the, the eight hole at Prince Lee, okay? How many times do I have to draw the <laughs> ten hole at Dur- – it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. I don't think I've gotten a horse that has had a green mark in, in, in probably a week. Since we talked to well, I think Ryan put some kind of secret code into, uh, you know, to kind of ruin my game a little bit. Listen, I, I would have done it. I would have put put it in your uh, put it in your yeah, code. You <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, what, you know, we had Ryan on it. Listen, if you haven't uh, if you didn't catch that interview live last week, make sure you uh, turn back the archive and check it out. We had Ryan Clements uh, from uh, Often Pacing fame and, of course, his new game catch driver, which can be. Uh, is an app can be downloaded in the uh, you know the app store, and it is uh, it's really taken the harness racing world by storm. I'll tell you what I, you know when I walk through the paddock here at Harris over the last week or so, week and a half or so, I always find one person playing it. Always. That's incredible because yeah, uh, here at well no I'll tell you why here at the USTA I think I might be the only one. So really. So. That, that you know, it might surprise you. I might be the only one. I haven't walked around and asked everybody, but uh, I think I might be the How only one. How many wins you got? How many wins you got? Um, I think. Let's look. I think there's only. I think I've only got two. You can laugh all you want to, Mister Eight Hole. Um, well, I've got. I've got I'm coming up on thirty and a nine forty-five rating. Oh boy! And what's your average? Nine four. Um, Let's not talk about that. Point one seven. Well, I'll tell you what. You, you know what? You'd never drive one of my horses. Let me tell you. If I, we okay. ever get a post time with Mike and Mike Stables going on, you are not getting in the bike. We'll get Brian Sears or Dave Miller or Tim Teacher or any number of the the uh, professionals. But I, but I will say this. I will say this. And I know you, this is no comparison. Absolutely no comparison to try to you know play a game on an app and then try to sit behind a horse. But you know what? You can kind of, after playing for a little bit, you can kind of sympathize with these guys. And it gives you a, a newfound respect for these guys because they make it look so easy out there on the racetrack. You know. that I complete, yeah, that I completely agree with. It's, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you sit here during the game and, you, you know, you're playing it back and forth. And now you realize. And you're trying to get like, a hole. You can't get a hole from the outside. There's no holes in this game. No, there's no, there is no holes in this game whatsoever. That, that's, the, that's the first <laughs> part that's the most difficult is nobody is going to give you a hole. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, if some of these people drive like this on the racetrack, you might see a uh, well, a fight or more, fight or two more than you do <laughs> and right there's, now. That's you know what? Sure. And there's no retake either. Don't think you're going to yeah. sit chilly in third. Wait till about the before the quarter and try to brush <laughs> that. That move don't work on catch driver either. 
No, not by a long shot. <laughs> it's good stuff. And one more thing I'll say about it, then we'll get on with the show because we've got Mark Hall coming up and Mark McKelvey. But one thing I do want to say is that it's easy in that game to pick up to, to realize who the newcomers are. Okay, because right. they're always languishing out in the in the center of the track. They'll have the lead, and then for some reason they'll drift all the way out until about the five path for for no reason. Of course, that you know that that's been me a couple of times. That's yeah, I've been me three or four times behind them. They usually end up affecting me somehow. Well, you know that's you know we got to do what we got to do. You know it's what it is. It's a great game. It really is a great game. Check it out if you haven't. Uh, you know, often pacing and of course catch driver. You can download it uh, in the uh, in the app store. Plenty to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, our good friend and now Hall of Famer. The uh, fine photographer for the United States Drawing Association and who beats Mark Hall. Plus, Mark McKelvey is going to break down the big card coming up uh, on Saturday at Woodbine Mohawk and so much more. You've got post time with Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Back in a moment. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join Revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winback. Farm.com. Are you interested in learning more about owning standard bred racehorses? Do you want to experience the excitement of driving a standard bred? Owning a racehorse is a once-in-a-lifetime experience and not as difficult as you may think. The United States Trotting Association wants to help make your ownership dreams a reality. Contact a member of the Ownership Concierge team by email at owners at ustrotting.com or by calling 877 800 87 82 extension 5555. You're tuned in to the Bet America Radio Network. Host Jason Bean brings you new shows every Monday through Friday. We bring you the best personalities from across the racing world with extensive interviews, commentary, news, games, and more. The Barn is revolutionizing what horse racing radio can be. And you can hear new shows at betamerica.com or just search Bet America Radio Network on iTunes. Freaker, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. Get in the barn. We're back on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Mike Carter alongside of Mike Bozich. And uh, we're joined now by incoming Hall of Famer Mark Hall. And Mark, I got to tell you, man, I think we the celebration started not, not as soon as that press release came out. But you were calm, cool, and collected. Uh, welcome to the show, man. Well, thanks, Mike and Mike, and uh, thank you for having me on. Yes, it's. Uh, it, uh, I felt it inside. <laughs> well, Mark, <laughs> it was just. 
you know, I was just so so elated. I just uh, yeah, I would have liked to have yelled, but I, uh, that's just not me. But. Well, well, listen. If you yell in this building, uh, you 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 might get heard by 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 a few dozen people. But uh, how how did you kind of get started into the sport of harness racing, uh, and how did you uh, kind of get involved with, uh, with with the sport as a whole? Uh, I started out in uh, well back in the early '80s. I got hired on in '82. But my my brother and uh, his wife had horses, and they had several horses and. They had full-time jobs, but they had a trainer, and, and they owned several horses, and he just raced mostly on the fair circuit here in Ohio. Uh, but my sister-in-law, uh, she worked at the USTA. She worked in the blood department back then, and uh, she notified me. She says, hey, there was a job in the photo department, and I came in and interviewed with George Smallsreed, and uh, they say the rest is history. Yeah. So, <laughs> no, uh, no, Mark- so I guess our <laughs> Now, Mark, what what about the sport kind of piqued your interest? Uh, obviously, uh, there there are many aspects to the sport of harness racing. Was there anything in particular that kind of piqued your interest? No, I, I guess uh, it was the horse uh, that intrigued me. Uh, I financed most of my uh, going to college uh, at Ohio State, uh, shooting weddings uh, every weekend. I was doing portraits, little league team pictures, and something about harness racing uh, – Again, by my brother and his wife having some and, and seeing them, and uh, I would go to their little farm and was be out with them uh, with their horses and just always wanted to touch them, you know, and just pet them and never rode them, of course. And but the idea, and but doing weddings, I was on my own, and if I didn't work, I didn't eat, and just a little bit more responsible. And the, the idea of working for a magazine, having a full time job with benefits, uh, it was just kind of a win win. And and the horses don't talk back <laughs> like the people do. So, so no, I love it. <laughs> I'm sure that makes life a little bit easier, especially uh, – well, sometimes it makes it easier. When we were at um, – I remember when we were at Oki's Funstead's farm, uh, we were trying to talk to the horse in a different language to see if you would understand <laughs> – trying to see if you would understand <laughs> us. And it, it didn't work, did it? No, it didn't. Yeah, sometimes we have to try to encourage them. And, and always like to uh, – to get that ideal shot, I want you to know, have the head just turned a certain ways. You can't be too close or the, the nose gets kind of elongated, so i got to step back a little bit. But the horse is moving around. It's hot, and Oki's trying to do it, and I'm looking for the ears to be perked up. And that's harder than what you think. And then so I think we eventually uh, uh, I just put we put on YouTube uh, like a horse whinnying and got that. <laughs> and uh, so that all I need is just a couple seconds, and I always have the camera up. And when I saw those ears perk up and click, click, and uh, so we got a good shot of six pack. <laughs> You, you know, it's always interesting how, how that kind of plays itself out, and you, you wouldn't know unless you were in the moment, kind of like I was when we were on our Hamiltonian trip this year, but you, you kind of learn those tricks of the trade, and I'm kind of going off of our question set here for a minute, but um, the those tricks, do you kind of learn those as you go along the way, or do people kind of help you, uh, do people kind of help you, you know, recognize, hey, you may have to do this along the way? A little bit of both, and um, go back to George uh, Smallsreed. He had, uh, back in those days, he had a little uh, cassette player, and he had uh, actually been in a barn and got the horses winning, and he would bring wow. that cassette player when he was doing headshots and even confirmation shots, and confirmation is probably one of the hardest things to do, and a lot of times when I go to a farm, I just you know, I, I like the running shot. I just like to show the, the horse running, and you see his muscles flexed up, and just to get that right 
muscular shot. But I know people like that confirmation shot. But uh, uh, that's what started me out already. And just seeing how George posed him, uh, there's another guy that I had always kind of looked up to when I first started was uh, uh, Tony Leonard from Lexington. He was the master of doing a confirmation shot. And look at his shots. And I talked to him, and I know exactly how he took them and, and what the settings were. And uh, so, no, everybody has helped me out along the way. Now, Mark, um, obviously you have to take photos in a lot of different elements, um, whether it be rain or snow or wind or what have you. What What's one shoot that kind of sticks out in your brain that was kind of the toughest? Well, you just named all three of them, and it all came together in a perfect storm, so to say, <laughs> was that Woodbine Raceway uh, several years ago. And actually, it goes back more than several years ago. I can't think of the year, but twice at Woodbine uh, several years ago was just pouring down rain. And, it, yes, we have rain gear on, but what makes it difficult at Woodbine, it, it's a great track. But with the harness track is on the inside, so from shooting the harness, we got across the regular thoroughbred track and the turf track, and then we had to go down to almost the front and the corner part of the building at Woodbine. It's probably 100 yards. We had to go down steps to the winter circle, and right after the winter circle, you hear the oh shoot, here they come! So we had to run, <laughs> literally run back to the the track and get the next race, and we did that for the 12 <laughs> races back and forth. So that was the rainy one in the same location. We were actually uh, transmitting from the infield of that. So, oh, this would be easier, but that's when it was windy and sleet and rain. They have a fountain right there, and the the wind was blowing so bad that it was coming. Our fingertips were frozen, freezing, and I always travel with uh, a co-worker, Rich Johnson, who does all the video video stuff you see on uh, ustrotting.com. And uh, Ken Weingartner, our HRC person, was there writing news stories for the Hamiltonian Society, and we were there, fingers freezing, trying to transmit pictures out. So uh, that's been the worst conditions. <laughs> well, listen, obviously, wow, that that's just incredible to hear uh, that story. But that, then you, you, you get deal with things like that, and then you deal with tracks like Lexington, so to speak, where um, it's clay. And that clay doesn't come off of things very easily, I'm sure. No, my uh, wife won't put any of my clothes into the laundry anymore. <laughs> she says, you're getting a new pair of pants. Or, uh, throw those shoes away. Uh, <laughs> so, yes, that doesn't come off of anything. So I, uh, I deal with that. And was it last year, year before last, it was just uh, pouring down rain. And we got in that and when you step right off the track and the track guys it's amazing what the coon brothers do down there how they get that track in condition but but as the scraper goes along it puts the stuff off to the side and you almost have you right. step in it and it just goes right over your shoe and you you feel it going down in your shoe and you just oh but you just deal with it and go through it and, <laughs> and, and wait for the next race and wait in for fact, your next I, shot uh, he, he, yeah, right after uh, or right uh, see, during the fraternity, they used uh, the winter circle, and I even had a picture we ran in hoofbeats of Dave Landry, the photographer, uh, uh, the Canadian photographer, went into their Hall of Fame, and uh, he was doing stuff for Dave Briggs and HRU, and he's taken a big step over that bed because he didn't want to step in that stuff. So. But it's fun. Wow. I, I still that, enjoy it. That, that, that's 
it's just incredible to hear the type of stuff uh, that uh, you guys have to go through as photographers and videographers. And I actually got to witness that at the Charlie Hill at Cider Hill, uh, Cider Hill at Cider Downs a little bit this year um, with Rich as we were trying to get photos and video. We, you know, you, you, you don't realize how much into the elements uh, you are and how much that can kind of affect you, but you still got to get your photos. You're still there to do a job, but it's incredible to see the kind of things that you have to do to kind of, um, you know, to help you um, in those types of situations. Yes, it, uh, it it is, and we have to you actually have to think ahead. It could be sunshiny and stuff. And and Rich got me onto this. Rich was an Eagle Scout, and he <laughs> talked about somebody who's always prepared. And uh, sometimes I call him my dad, but uh, I'm older than him, so I don't do that. But he's you got your raincoat. You got your you know he reminds me. He gets me. He keeps me in line. He uh, he checks me. So I, yeah, I may not have it. So yeah, I got it. So I run and get it real quick. But I always have the raincoat packed, and uh, we have special covers for our, our cameras. So we're, we're protected that way. And the race goes on. The horsemen are out in it. The drivers are out in it. And uh, we'll be right there too, getting the pictures. Well, 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 listen, I, I wouldn't call you older than older than rich. That's for sure. And I'm only saying that cause he's sitting right here in front of me, but uh, I think, I think rich has got the, Hi, uh, the, <laughs> yeah. the <laughs> Mark told me to tell you, hello, rich. There you go. Um, <laughs> Now, obviously, uh, you you have a lot of fun during, uh, har- you know, when you're out there <laughs> doing some harness racing things. What's one of your favorite harness racing memories? Uh, maybe it was a shot that you took um, or a race that sticks out in your brain or a race that you got to shoot. Boy, favorite memories. Uh, there's there's so many. Um, and I've taken – you take thousands of pictures, but the, the memories um, – Michael, it's it's more the event I think that makes the picture memorable. If uh, you say what's maybe a most memorable picture, but uh, mm-hmm. and something like always be Mickey's all time race record at Lexington in uh, 2016. We heard that Dactor was going to be going for the race record, and uh, anyway, after or when the start of the race, Mickey went to the half in believe 52 and a piece 52 and two, and that was going into the wind. And I knew when he comes around the, the stretch, he's going to have a tailwind. And I know he's going to be a little bit tired, but he's going to have a tailwind. But I'm thinking this might be the record. So uh, some of these, a lot of the other photographers went up towards the finish line. I backed up a little bit and uh, got right across in the timer. And I'm thinking this is going to be it. When he, he crossed, it took about a second for that timer to, to hit, and the timer hit 146, and I got the picture. Uh, with wow. the timer in the background and, and something like that, it uh, not only just to get the picture like that, but it documents it for history. And with that, it becomes a memorable shot. And wow. it's just and, and working for hoofbeats and over the years, you, you just we're working on hundred years in harness racing, and you see some of the old pictures of uh, you know from the old Hamiltonians or the old jugs, and you see these iconic things. Uh, George Smallsreed one time got up on that little gazebo thing where the in the infield, the judges stand, and he got and he put a jug right in the foreground of the shot. And then you see, uh, oh, uh, who was it? Uh, I can't think. But you, you see, you know, the jug winner come across, and he establishes the, the location. You see the grandstand and the fans. Uh, even going back further, looking at the pictures in hundred years in harness, you got some of the old time cars, like from the twenties, thirties, and forties, that when we were doing it by the decades. And so I, I try to think of that and what people are going to be looking at 
40, 50 years from now in looking back. And then we try to put those some of those iconic shots in hoofbeats. And uh, just to kind of like establish the you can't the location and and I think those what makes good pictures. Now, Mark, uh, we talked a little bit on the program at the start of the program. Anyway, just a couple of quick questions left. We're sitting with incoming Hall of Famer Mark Hall and Mark. We talked a little bit before you came on, and uh, Rich and I were kind of chit chatting back and forth yesterday about um, you know what questions to ask and things of that sort. But we wanted to make, or I wanted to make sure we asked this question because I already know the answer to it. But you know, people don't, uh, you know, people who don't know you um, don't know you like I do as a very humble individual. And uh, when when people hear the answer that uh, you're probably going to give with this question, I think people will understand that a little bit more. Um, what is the best photo you've ever taken? I haven't taken it yet. It's uh, I go over my stuff or kind of critique it as I see it. And I'm thinking, well, I wish I was here or I should have knelt down or I should have done this. And I, I just, that shot isn't, I haven't captured that yet. It's, it's still out there. And I think that's what motivates me and, uh, and keeps me going. Uh, George was like that too. And I saw him, you know, he, we were out in a boat fishing one time. It's in June or July. And uh, so Here's on we're on a weekend, we're out there fishing and he says, You know what? I go, What? You know, I'm thinking, no, <laughs> here's a good place to fish. And he said, <laughs> I got an idea for I got an idea for uh, a shot at Delaware. And he he wasn't even gonna tell me, he says, I got an idea for it. and he was always thinking about taking pictures. And now my wife, Becky, uh, we'll be driving down the road and I look over and see a sunset and I says, Well, that looks pretty and she goes, I know, I know, if only there was a horse in there. So I kind of adopted that too. I just I'm always looking for that that next picture, that that best picture. Mark, uh, one last question before we let you go. Um, you've had some time to think about it. Uh, obviously, you've known for a little while that uh, you were nominated um, on the ballot to get into the Hall of Fame. Now that you've had some time to kind of think about it and kind of let it all set in, what does it mean to become uh, Harness Racing's newest Hall of Famer in the Communicators Corner? It's uh, you heard about it and or yeah, you knew about it, but it's when it becomes uh, uh, official. I, I guess it's it's overwhelming. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody for the emails that they sent, the, the phone calls. Uh, it's just overwhelming to think about. There's a, a lot of great people out there, and all the people that have gone in, and uh, people even that I worked with at the USTA. Uh, well, to be in there with George and uh, Smalls Reed and Ed Keys, and I suppose that makes it a trifecta of photographers now for the <laughs> for hoofbeats. But it's uh oh no, it's it's such a great honor, but it's I, I gotta share this. I gotta mention it. It's a, a team effort with hoofbeats. Uh I guess I feel maybe like the the halfback who scored a touchdown or something. There's so many other people involved. I mean, even from our executive editor uh, or even go up to uh to Mike Tanner down to Dan Leary to Kim French now, our editor of Hoofbeats. And and then we have an advertising director, so that keeps the magazine moving. We got a, a advertising or a, a, an art director, Gina Gallagher, who keeps it moving. Jason Turner, our, our proof our proofers. I mean, our uh, newsroom editor, Paul Ramlow. And I hope there's not a webmaster, uh, Autumn Ryan. I mean, there's so many people involved in the production of the magazine, and I I feel I get credit for it. 
So I'd say, wow. I, it's a it's a team effort with everybody, uh, not only with Hoofbeats Communications Department, but even the USTA, because we all will have uh, weekly meetings. We we sit down, we share ideas, and that's inspiring to me. And then having you and Wendy come along in our social media thing has been even more inspiring because uh, Rich and I, I mean, we get a little complacent in what we do. We're, we're starting to do a little bit of the same thing, and you give us a, a jolt of energy. It's, it's like being around uh, – <laughs> around kids in fact we call you guys the kids uh, since i'm we could be your parents or at least i could be rich is just a uh, several years younger than me but uh no it's uh it's really been rejuvenating to have you guys around and going to the track and then and then with both of your your excitement with, with this has just kind of uh, uh been infectious with us and uh, so it, it's been a, a win-win well, well, for those who don't know, Wendy and I sit near Mark, um, and we, we sit near Rich as well, but we sit near – we really sit near Mark. And, and I'll tell you what, I'm surprised he hasn't kicked us out of the corner yet, that's for sure. But, uh, but uh, anyways, well, listen, Mark, congratulations on your Hall of Fame induction. And listen, I can't wait for you to get back to, uh, get back to the office. It's not as fun without you. I'm still in the mints without you seeing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, thank you, Mike. And yeah, I'd like to, for anybody listening, we have cubes that work, and to me, they're stalls. Yeah, I've been in too many stalls, and, and this is an ideal stall. <laughs> but no, it, it's a, no, it's a pleasure having you guys around. It is. It's a, it's a pleasure to work with everybody. Awesome. Well, Mark, uh, again, congratulations, and uh, thanks for taking some time out to join us this morning. Mike, well, thank you, and say hi to Mike. And any, uh, any, if you need anything else, holler. Uh, I'll be on again. Sounds like a plan. Well, <laughs> Mike, I tell you what, Mark, Mark Hall, what a what a humble individual, um, Mike. And you heard what he said. He hasn't taken his best photo yet. That was a really really cool statement. And you know, like I say, um, you know, it's these guys and and ladies and and people that work in the backgrounds of our business that don't get a lot of attention you know like uh i mean these photographs they just don't happen they just don't appear by themselves some of these great shots that you see uh right what about the cut co- mike what about the cover of hoofbeats uh when atlanta's crossing the line first in the hamiltonian and you see the i mean just that money shot where scott zeron's fist pumping and you've got uh i believe it was jimmy tactor looking over at him i mean just an unbelievable i mean just a a, a you know you've got a great photograph when you when you have to look at it for a while and just kind of feel all the different emotions that are happening in that particular shot. And you know, hats off to Mark Hall and like we said, a humble guy. I mean, he what he he probably went half the interview talking about other people that that don't get you know the recognition that you know work behind the scenes and you know really uh, are the nuts and bolts of the operation. Like when he was talking about hoofbeats, all the different people. That make that uh, make that terrific magazine click. I mean, just great guy. It might great interview. I really had a I had a couple of things to do, but I'll tell you what. I, it was it was a pleasure listening to that man. That was a, that was great. Yeah, I thought so as well. Like I said, what a humble humble individual. Well, coming up uh, next is another very humble individual, and in Mark McKelvey, and we're going to highlight the big stakes laden program coming up at Woodbine Mohawk Park. This is Saturday. I'll tell you, Woodbine Mohawk Park doesn't quite roll off the tongue just yet, but we're, we're getting there, Mike. We're getting there.
It's getting there. It's getting there. Well, you know, it's like when Harris Chester changed its name to Harris Philadelphia. Now, that's, this was going back five, six, seven years ago before I got here. It's still Harris Chester to a lot of different people, you know. But, well, 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 I mean, I heard you call that Harris Louisiana for a long time. In, 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 in racing, we are creatures of habit. We do not like change. Well, listen, I heard you called it Harris Louisiana for a long time because that's where you wished you were. So, uh, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, but. <laughs> I don't like let, – let me tell you something. I don't want any – Louisiana to me means bugs, means alligators, means all kind of creatures that I don't want to be around. Well, well, well listen, then why do you let me in the announcer's booth then? If, uh, Snakes, I, you know, yeah. you know st- <laughs> stuff like that, you know. So, all right, we're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, more snakes, bugs, and Mark McKelvey on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike, presented by Bet America. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's winback farm.com Looking to bet on great racing from around the country and around the world? There's no better place than BetAmerica.com. But there's also no better time to join because right now we're offering a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100 on your first deposit. Simply open a new account at BetAmerica, make your first deposit, and we'll add your bonus immediately. It's It's that that easy. easy. Sign up today at BetAmerica.com. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. Join the revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. With Mike and Mike presented by Bet America. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter, Mark McKelvey's in the on deck circle. And we're also going to have Darren Gunny's run against this segment coming up in just a few minutes. Let's bring in our man who's been patiently on hold, Mark McKelvey. Uh, as the Mark show continues, we just said Mark call. Now we've got Mark McKelvey. And Mark, I got to tell you, this card coming up on Saturday at Woodbine Mohawk Park is one for the ages. They're just an outstanding card, top down. Oh, well, I agree with you 100%. And obviously, I'd be a little biased saying that, but uh, I think you're right. It just, you look at the card from top to bottom and the talent that's on there, the uh, the superstars that we're going to see uh, come to our racetrack on Saturday night. Uh, it's really exciting. And at the start of the year, when you, when you look at your stakes calendar, you know what your big days are, and you just hope that they come together like this. And that's exactly what we've got coming up this Saturday. Speaking of horses that have come together, taking a look at race five on this Saturday program, it is the Simcoe three-year-old Open Trotters, and Mets Hall has really been putting it all together. I mean, a fantastic second-place finish in the Hamiltonian, and then, of course, 
backing that up or following that up, I should say, with a tremendous win in the Zweig. Starts from post seven. Some very good horses in this race. Obviously, lawmaker with a lot of local interests. But uh, you know you do, and and uh, alarm detector as well. That's going to be a fantastic event. Yeah, and with uh, this Simcoe race coming up on Saturday, it's obviously our final prep for the Canadian Trotting Classic eliminations, which will come up uh, the week after. So. I like when you see a horse like Mets Hall and uh, Team Miller decide to, to come right now, a week early before the Trotting Classic eliminations uh, come for this event. And um, again, like you said, this horse is racing outstanding and uh, is going to be, uh, I think, the uh, center of attention in that field. But uh, looking at the locals, uh, Lawmaker has been racing uh, great as of late and uh, maybe a little slow start to his three-year-old season, but he has raced uh, tremendous as of late and, uh, I was talking to Anthony McDonald, who told me this horse is uh, on top of his game right now, but uh, obviously just couldn't, uh, didn't have the points to make the final for the uh, Pennsylvania Sire Stakes Championship. And um, while I'm sure they would have loved to have been in that event, uh, here's an opportunity to bring them uh, back close to home right now and, and have a chance uh, at a decent purse and to have them ready for the Canadian Trotting Classic, uh, which, uh, again, that's going to be a, a fantastic event. Um, we're not going to have the Phillies in there like the Hamiltonian did, but uh, now the Colts will. Uh, the Colts will get their chance, and uh, I think uh, that's shaping up to be a great race uh, in a week's time. It's, uh, it's a busy time here at Mohawk Park. We're going to get through Saturday and just keep rolling uh, with the next uh, four weekends all having a major event. Canadian pacing. I, I forgot the mute button again, Mike, didn't I? I hear the beep in my ear. Um, sure did, buddy. <laughs> the, the Canadian Pacing Derby final coming up on Saturday is one that I know a lot of people are really looking forward to, Mark, uh, with the splash of Lazarus. But what a field this is. You have McWicked just to his outside. All bets off. I don't care what anybody says. All bets off sitting on a big mile. Um, and, when, and when he wins at 20 to 1, I'm going to have the ticket. That's for sure. Um, but uh, Lazarus is uh, obviously the one on everybody's radar. It's a full field of 10, including Western fame, who won the role with Joe at Tioga Downs. What a loaded field this is. Yeah, it really is. Uh, you know, Adding up the uh, combined career earnings for this field of 10, I think it's something just over $16 million, and it's incredible the uh, – how deep this field is. Uh, Lazarus is getting all the buzz and, and with good reason. I, he's uh, obviously a superstar back uh, down under and uh, the following that he's created there uh, is huge. It's uh, been amazing to see uh, my mentions and interactions on social media. Uh, whenever I mention Lazarus, the, uh, the amount of uh, new followers I've gained from uh, down under, um, they are uh, really excited to uh, see what he can do here. And uh, we're really excited. Um, you know, this is a, an opportunity to promote our, our stars, and that's what uh, we need to do in harness racing is to show that uh, these equine athletes are uh, they're super athletes, and, um, you know, they deserve the, all the attention they can get. And with Lazarus, so we've got plenty of promotions planned for this Saturday night. We are giving away uh, 2,500 uh, Lazarus posters, which I think are amazing. They are uh, drawn by an artist in Toronto, and uh, – a little different than, than your typical poster. We'll have rally towels as well to give out to all the fans. And, um, you know, Taylor made stallions. Uh, they've been a great partner as well. They're doing everything they can to promote Lazarus. Obviously they have a lot invested, but, uh, their ideas and, and their willingness to, to work with the racetrack to promote, uh, not just Lazarus, but the event overall, uh, has been, uh, awesome and great to deal with. So we're really looking forward to it. And also, 
we've uh, been able to strike a good partnership with uh, Sky Racing uh, in Australia and New Zealand to uh, take our feed for this Saturday um, and not just take our races, but also we're going to be producing a 30-minute uh, network show that's going to be uh, streamed uh, nationally across Canada on TSN Go, and uh, they're going to be picking that up and putting that on Sky Sports. So uh, that's unprecedented to have that opportunity. Usually you can just uh, sneak on a race for a few minutes. That's the coverage you're going to get, but we're going to get uh, 30 minutes there around uh, lunchtime down under on Sunday. Well, that's good stuff, I'll tell you. And, and uh, we, you know, we've talked to Duncan Taylor a few different times, uh, not on the show, but, but in person. Uh, we saw him at the Hambletonia. What a great guy. You talk about a guy that will just sit down and, and talk shop with you and talk Lazarus with you, and he was talking to you know, fans and everything. I mean, what a, what a great outfit there that, that uh, really is putting their money where their mouth is as far as promotion. And you mentioned not only of Lazarus the horse, but of events such as the Canadian Pacing Derby and events that uh, he's a part of. But real quick, before we let you go, Mark, do want to talk about the Maple Leaf Trot, and this is a great one. I mean, you've got trotting Triple Crown winner Marion Marauder, uh, you've got Ariana G and Hanalore Hanover and uh, just uh, will take charge. I mean, what a great, great race this is going to be. And actually, the main horses, all the main horses in this race have drawn fairly well. So I think that's going to make this thing even more competitive. Yeah, that, I agree with that. Uh, when the post position draw came out, it really set up well for us to have a, a fantastic race. I think this may be one of the deepest uh, Maple Leaf trots. Uh, eight years, and you can make a case for several in here. and That's uh, exactly what you want. And, I mean, you look at Hanover, Hanover, she's our defending champion, and she's on a bit of a slide at the moment. She's lost, I believe, three in a row, but you, you just can't ever count her out. She might not be on her game. And then at the same time, you just see Ariana G decide to, to really put it together there against uh, the boys last week and, and Hanover and come up with a huge victory. So it's so much talent in this race and you'd like this or you have to believe that there's going to be plenty of action and it's going to set up for a great finish. Uh, I think Marion Marauder, uh, to me, I think he's the one to beat because he's hit the top two in every start this year. He had a great win in his elimination. And um, again, local horse coming back to, to Mohawk park and just went over $3 million in career earnings uh, and a little bit of redemption opportunity here because he's never thrown in too many bad starts, but last year he, failed to make the final of the Maple Leaf Trot, if you can believe that. He didn't get into the final. So this year, uh, back around, uh, another chance, and I think he'll deliver. And uh, what will be, I think, uh, potentially, if Lazarus wasn't in that Canadian pacing derby, the race of the night, and by the end of the night, it might steal the show. All right, our man, Mark McKelvey. Mark, listen, we certainly appreciate you joining us, man. Had a, a chance to meet you for the very first time at the Hambletonian. and I'll tell you what, very impressed. You, you know a lot about racing. I think you're one of these young lions that harness racing needs to, you know, kind of hitch its sulky to to carry us into the into the next millennium, and you are doing a heck, a heck of a job. Did I say next millennium? Well, anyway, the next couple of years, but uh, you've done a heck of a job promoting your product up there at Woodbine Mohawk Park, and we wish you nothing but the best, and we can't wait to see a big crowd come Saturday. Yeah, really looking forward to it. Uh, appreciate that, guys, and uh, looking forward to chatting down the road. We've still got so many uh, major events coming up here before the season's done, so it's going to be a lot of fun. All right, we'll keep your schedule open Thursday between 1030 and 1130, because <laughs> we'll have you back really quick. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, that was our man Mark McKelvey from north to the border, and I'll tell you what a heck of a job they're doing. And, you know, we talked a little bit about – uh, you know, Duncan Taylor and his contributions to the sport of harness racing since bringing Lazarus here. And uh, he has just done one heck of a job, not only promoting his, you know, his fine racehorse, but promoting the events that he is in and promoting harness racing in general. 
Yeah, I completely agree. He came right onto our show immediately following the Hoosier Pacing Derby. And if you listen to that show, Mike, uh, what a reaction we got from him. It was nice that we could just, you know, you know, we could just kind of grab him as he was coming out. And the fact that he stood there and took time to sit down and talk with us a couple of minutes following that Lazarus victory was just amazing. Yeah, it certainly was one of uh, another one. You know, we're talking about we're thinking already. It's it's starting uh, in September. We're thinking about a couple of things, Mike. We're we're starting to talk about the post time with Mike and Mike awards that are coming back oh, around yeah. again. We're also talking about our year in review show, which is going to be in its third year, and that is that has gained and it has become. I would say and we've only done two of them. This is going to be our third one, but those two are amongst the top of our most listened to shows, Mike. They've become quite popular. Yep. Yeah, they have. And where, where the where the year in review show kind of came from was we had a uh, – what was it? I think it was New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. We It was when our show was scheduled, and I couldn't be in town uh, for some reason. I think I went to go see my parents or something, and we well, said, what, you know what? what? Listen, Eve? everybody everybody's got stuff to do New Year's Eve. Right. But I think – but we sat around and said, you know what? Maybe we should come up with a year in review show. And you know, we sat and thought about it. We're like, you know, there's enough things that go on during this program that would allow us to do that type of a show, including, <laughs> including bloopers, uh, which yeah. we will uh, we'll talk about the stigma of those very shortly. Um, <laughs> oh, but, we've got uh, some good ones. Oh, we've got some good ones. And Mel Keith pointed out that uh, beforehand, we've got another one with my snakes and bugs and Mark McKelvey. Um, but uh, anyways, but no, we, we those are some of our most listened to shows. And it's the shows that we're most proud of. You know, we got to kind of laugh at ourselves a little bit. And, uh, you know, we're able to do that with this type of show. No question. And uh, hey, we're you know, what? listen, if you can't make fun of yourself. Then what good are you, really? I mean, you've, you you got to be able to make fun of yourself, you know. I mean, everybody makes mistakes, and uh, you know, sometimes you just got to laugh them off, you know. Like I'll tell you what, one good one, back early in early back in the early days, this was uh, I can't remember if this was on our blooper reel last year or the year before. <laughs> when you when, when and I I shouldn't throw you onto the bus, but it's too late now because I already said you. But uh, we made we well I use the term we. We made the show, and it's an hour show, hour and a half show, whatever. We made the show for 15 minutes in blog talk. And oh, oh I think no, we, it was me. Oh, it was me. I remember I, that. And I think we just got done with the George Teague interview, and I can't remember we had George Teague on. We got that interview through, and we're getting ready to set up our next interview. And all of a sudden, in our, in our earpiece – Fifteen seconds remaining. Fifteen seconds. Yeah, no, it was, no, it was ninety seconds. That's the first warning we got, and I went, "Oh God, what did I do?" And all the next thing I heard was sixty seconds. And I told Mike, I said, "Hurry up and get back from commercial because we got to tell people what's getting ready to happen." And so we go, you know what? We're gonna log off. We'll come back. You know, in about ten minutes. That's the day we realized you can only do one show per uh, per thing. So, well, you know, here's the, but here's the thing though. Let me this may this has got something to do with blog talk, and you know we've had we've got a real good relationship with blog talk, but you know like every other computer thing, they've got their issues every once in a while. But wh- why? Who has a 15 minute show? <laughs> you never know. Listen, you I never mean, ever really, know. Why is that option even up there? 15 minute no. show. Let's get the 15 minute a week package. Let's do it. I'm down. We could squeeze all these interviews into 15 minutes. Let me tell you something. We would be uh, heroes. All right. Well, anyway, Darren Gagne is of the On Deck Circle. Still uh, a little bit to come on this edition of Post Time with Mike and Mike. Darren Gagne is next. 
And as always, you've got post time with Mike and Mike, and they are presented by our good friends at Bet America. Listen, if you're using an ADW for wagering, please do so through Bet America. Great, great site, great, great people there. We'll be back in a moment. Are you a student looking to log volunteer hours or just someone interested in spending free time giving back in your local community? Pacing for the Cure could use your help. We need volunteers at local events to help with fundraising and to assist with the annual dinner party planning activities. Please email Janine at pacingforthecure.org for more information. Again, that's Janine at pacingforthecure.org. Mike? Pacing for the Cure annual sponsorship opportunities are available on the pacingforthecure.org website under the donor tab. Choose your sponsorship level or customize your own sponsorship package. This is a great time to reserve a table sponsorship at the annual Pacing for the Cure fundraising dinner party in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania in November. As always, there will be great food, entertainment, and prizes at the annual event. Visit pacingforthecure.org. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest. Located just 20 minutes north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota with seasonal live harness racing from May through September. Running Aces is the home of the $50,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pace and the $300,000 Minnesota Night of Champions. With live harness racing action three nights a week every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night, and our signal is available on ADWs and at racebooks and simulcast facilities near you. Visit our website, runaces.com, for more information. Again, that's runaces.com. Hey, everybody. It's Darren Gagne here at Running Aces in Minnesota. Time to recap the racing action over the past week or so up here at Running Aces in Minnesota. The big featured event on Saturday night, August 25th, with the $20,000 Minnesota Sired or Own Preferred Pacing event. Local fan favorite Fire Drake stole the show on Saturday night in the big $20,000 feature. Of course, Fire Drake was the 2017 Dan Patch Free for All champion here at Running Aces, and he almost repeated as the two time champion here in 2018, missing by just a neck at the wire. Finishing second to Nine Ways, who picked up the victory in the Dan Patch here on July 22nd. Well, Fire Drake was resilient on Saturday night and picked up another big win here at Running Aces, 152 flat for a seasonal best time for Fire Drake. He was fast off the gate from inside post position one with Brian Deachin in the bike. Stucky Dope, slight betting favorite in the field from post seven, fired out as well. Those two mixing it up early. Fast opening quarter in 26-2. and two. Stucky Dote wound up with the early lead. Fire Drake in the pocket second. Best in the business, but James Yoder would then attack first over as they race past the half in 55-1 and one with Can't Hold Me Back Mac and Ryan Anderson in the second over position. Then Can't Hold Me Back Mac and Anderson sweeping three wide down the backside, applying heavy pressure to leader Stucky Dote. But Stucky Dote was holding sway onto the final turn, past three quarters in 123 and 3. Fire Drake still right there in the pocket second. Now a new three wide challenger was What You Staring At with Mooney Swenson as they rounded for home. And it would be Stucky Dote holding sway. Very game between horses. Fire Drake raging with pace toward the inside and What You Staring At, three wide on the outside. But fastest of all, Fire Drake on the inside. 
gets to the wire first with a big win by three-quarters of a length over a very game stucky note holding second what you're staring at right there in third position and then best in the business the early first over attacker was able to pick up the pieces in fourth time for the mile once again 152 flat the big feature on saturday night going to fire drape paid six dollars and twenty cents to win Winning trainer Nick Rowland for Fire Drake, owned by Set the Pace Racing LLC. He's an always impressive five-year-old gelded son of Dragon again. He now sports 23 career victories, boosted his seasonal earnings on Saturday night to $67,370. Again, Fire Drake, the big Saturday night feature winner, 152 flat with driver Brian Deachin for trainer Nick Rowland. On Sunday night, $20,000 featured event was the Minnesota Cider-owned preferred open trot. And Sunday night, it would wind up being Pride Crest stealing the show. Pride Crest, of course, has been one of the dominant trotters here at Running Aces this season, sharing that title with Banker Volo and Silverload. Well, on Sunday night, it was all Pride Crest. He floated away mid-pack as there were a lot of horses vying for the early position the early lead in the big feature on Sunday night what whatever she's got with Tim Mayer fired quickly from post five had the early lead then Tamarin with Ryan Anderson sweeping up to take over from whatever she's got Silverload from an outside post position with Mooney Swenson was next to take her turn on the lead and then it was Wiseman and Pridecrest sweeping by to take over the lead near the half mile after taking command Pridecrest was dominant from there and he was never in doubt opening up with every stride for a solid victory in 154 and 3 notching his ninth win of the season pride crest having a fantastic year in 2018 a fantastic campaign here at running aces notches another big win on sunday night in the twenty thousand dollar feature pride crest in 154 and 3 for owner christopher schick trainer kathleen plusted wiseman who is our leading trainer here at running aces and of course leading driver steve wiseman in the bike with pride crest on sunday night then on tuesday night md magic picked up another big victory in the two-year-old minnesota sire trotting event for fourteen thousand dollars MD Magic has been absolutely dominating the two-year-old trotting division here at Running Aces in Minnesota this season. Five wins in a row for MD Magic. The Bobcat Dean McGee, the winning driver, was a part of a six-win night for Dean McGee on Tuesday night. Another big Tuesday for the Bobcat Dean McGee. He has had five or six consecutive Tuesday nights with at least four wins on the program. And the Bobcat Dean McGee has been the hottest driver here at Running Aces over the past four or five weeks. He launched himself from fifth in the driver's standings to a very strong and threatening second in the standings in that period of time. Well, MD Magic again made it five wins in a row on Tuesday night, August 28th, $14,000 Minnesota Sire two-year-old trotting event. He's a two-year-old gelded son of Braggart. He's won six of seven career starts now. He's bankrolled $42,300. Winning trainer Nick Rowland. Winning owners Set the Pace Racing LLC. MD Magic paid $2.40 as the big favorite in the field. He floated away from the gate in fifth from post position five as a lot of other horses were firing out for the early lead. The Bobcat Dean McGee, very patient with MD Magic, got out and moving near the half-mile pole, continued to advance, then dropped into the pocket around the final turn behind the race leader Dewey's Machine, who had Wiseman in the bike. 
but it would be MD Magic and the Bobcat Dean McGee attacking from the pocket in the lane, getting up to win. Solid victory in 201 and 1 fifth. Again, five wins in a row for MD Magic in the two-year-old Minnesota Sire Trot. Also on Tuesday night, the Mayor's Open Pace, $11,000 event, went to Kiss on the Lips. Two wins in a row for Kiss on the Lips with the Bobcat Dean McGee in the bike. Another gutsy front-running performance for two wins in a row for Kiss on the Lips. She fired from post position six. Quickly to command, better lady with Steve Wiseman mounting a strong first over attack through the final half mile. Those two battling all the way. But Kiss on the Lips, very strong toward the inside to hold on and win at the wire by a narrow margin. But it was her seventh win of the year, 154-4, and career best season for Kiss on the Lips. She's an eight-year-old daughter of Don't Get In My Way. She's had 22 top three performances and 33 starts this season and over 62000 approaching $63,000 in the bank this year for Kiss on the Lips. A couple of other big victories on Tuesday night, but uh, expected ones. Big favorites in the two-year-old divisions. Burning Blaze with Steve Wiseman delivering another impressive performance in the $8,500 Minnesota Sire two-year-old Colton Gelding Pace. Two-and-a-half length win, 156-2. Fifth win and seven starts for, for Burning Blaze, trained by Justin Amphenson. And then Wind Me Up and Watch Me Go has been the dominant pacing Philly two-year-old here in Minnesota. She picked up her fifth win and seven career starts on Tuesday night in the $8,500 Philly division. A solid score of some very soft early fractions, 159 flat for Wind Me Up and Watch Me Go on Tuesday night, trained by Gordy Graham. And, of course, she is the Philly that set the track record earlier on in the season a few weeks ago, 154-1 and for two-year-old pacing Phillies. Well, coming up this weekend at Running Aces, we have a huge carryover in the 20-cent Pick 5 jackpot, $29,853.38. Again, the 20-cent Pick 5 jackpot at Running Aces, right around $30,000 for this weekend. Post time on Saturday night, 6 p.m. Central. Post time Sunday night, 6 p.m. Central. And then post time on Tuesdays is 7 p.m. Central. Running Aces Casino and Racetrack is the premier harness racing facility and card club in the upper Midwest. Located just 20 minutes north of the Twin Cities in beautiful Minnesota with seasonal live harness racing from May through September. Running Aces is the home of the $50,000 Dan Patch free-for-all pace and the $300,000 Minnesota Night of Champions. With live harness racing action three nights a week every Tuesday, Saturday, and Sunday night, and our signal is available on ADWs and at racebooks and simulcast facilities near you. Visit our website, runaces.com, for more information. Again, that's runaces.com. Winback Farms yearlings are born to compete and raised to win. Be sure to check out our lineup to take advantage of opportunities in slot and rich states. Our yearlings are eligible in Delaware, New Jersey, New York, Ohio, Ontario, and Pennsylvania. Our 2018 sales schedule kicks off in Goshen on September 9th, followed by Lexington October 2nd through the 6th, London October 13th to the 14th, Harrisburg November 5th to the 7th, and the Harrisburg Mix Sale on November 8th. For more information, visit winbackfarm.com. That's Winback. Farm.com. Over the past 25 years, Hoosier Park has revolutionized harness racing across the nation. The action returns Friday, March 30th, with racing every Tuesday through Saturday, starting at 6.30 p.m. 
join Revolution at Hoosier Park Racing and Casino. Visit HoosierPark.com for more information. All right, about ready to wrap this thing up. Mike Bozich along with Mike Carter. Special thanks to all of our guests today. Mark Cole, Brian Sears, Mark McKelvey, and, of course, the weekly uh, Running Aces segment hosted by our good friend Darren Gagne. Mike, before I turn you loose to wrap this thing up, I do want to mention that we've got another of our Wonder of Windbacks article coming out a little bit later on today, probably. There's a small chance it could be out tomorrow morning, but probably a little bit later on today. And I'll uh, give a little bit of a tip. It is going to concern one of the uh, sports rising three-year-old Philly pacing superstars and perhaps even some breaking news on Wisdom Tree. So make sure you stick around for that. It's obviously you could uh, check it out on our website. And of course, we'll let everybody know on social media when that article is up. It's of course, our website is post time with Mike and Mike.com. And of course you could like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. Mike, this was a great show today. It, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, with special thanks to all of our guests for taking time out of their busy schedules to come on the program. And uh, we'll see everybody back here next Thursday with a first post of 1030. Have a good one, everybody. Closing time. Open all the doors and let you out into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. Closing time. One last call for alcohol to finish your whiskey or beer. Closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I know who wants to take me home.